airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to um, the start of the week with yes. us. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will open the phone lines up in the last segment of this show. Get your take on some of our conversation today. Um, today's show is one of those um, brought to you by the last caller on Friday shows. <laughs> That's the whole title of hey. it. Brought to you by. <laughs> um, Lindsay called us called us on uh, Friday from Alabama, I think Lindsay's call was from. And she had a question that was one of those like, ah, I can't get it with uh, the 30 second right. cues, 15, 10, can't, <laughs> I can't do it. And, uh, and so, um, but I thought it was a very important question. And I would say that some of our listeners agreed, um, as was reflected in one particular email we got um, following up saying, hey, yeah, I, I need to know because I, you know, I've had some questions as well about unity and, and who we can associate with and mm-hmm. um, thinking that, you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord. And then um, all of a sudden some things being revealed that you're like, whoa, whoa, you know, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. ah, I thought we were on the same page here. Like I, th- I thought we were um, all believers. And it seems at the time that we are in, as the fire has turned up, under the feet of um, of genuine believers, mm-hmm. uh, we find that there is a revelation that is happening, right? Yeah. And the revelation is um, whether or not there's been a true conversion, there's been a true, um, I don't know, turning away from sin. Yeah. Uh, because the, the way we operate in, in a culture um, says a lot, if not everything, um, about what we believe about God. And and people don't mm. don't necessarily think that way. They think that spiritual things say what they believe about God, Man. but every other aspect of their life um, is neutral. And brothers and sisters, that's just not true. Mm. Everything that we do and every single way that we live says something, yeah. something, yeah. whether great or small. It says something about what we believe about God. Yeah. Now you think about that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Man, as I was thinking about what we're talking about right now, as far as yeah. you know, uh, what happened, like the the, the election and mm-hmm. how relationships are strained, maybe you know, man, I I, I had a backtrack in my mind, and I want to make sure as believers that if it's with another Christian, mm-hmm. you know, that we really understand how to how to dwell with each other and how to. Be, you know, maybe have some of these conversations that mm-hmm. that wouldn't be something that would break our fellowship. Yes. You know, because I'm yes. thinking about the things that I know I condemned the last go around. We had these people saying, oh, I didn't know, you know, I, I was going to church amongst people who voted for Trump. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I can't fellowship and I can't with, worship them, with them, with them yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I can't trust them. That's I right. want to make sure That's, on this end that we're not doing that same thing because yep. we're like, oh, man. You know, as someone who uh, just voted for for Biden, uh-huh. but that we can go beyond these political 
conversations, you know, and, and, and really get at the heart of our relationships with, with, with other believers and say, hey, can we, you know, talk about this? And yeah. if there's some things that are, you know, uh, 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 that we have a challenge with and we can discuss this amongst the family of God, because yeah. at the end of the day, if we're Christians, we're part of the same family of God. And these things should not like break our fellowship or, or, or divide us. You know, so I'm, I'm just thinking in, in, a, in terms of the last go around, there was some mm-hmm. talk of that, you know, and, but it's like, man, I, I hope that wouldn't be so. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be because yeah. this is not like what you're suggesting here is not something that only takes place within the context of our, our nice warmed hearts. It, mm-hmm. This is not a thing where we say, um, well, you know, I just need to, I just need to have mercy and, and I'm going to do my best to love people who don't vote the way that I vote. And I'm going to, this is not that at all. Yeah. In fact, what you're suggesting, um, we, as believers, all of us, mm-hmm. all of us as believers, we actually have like, um, think back to your Cracker Jack box. We actually have like a decoder ring. Like our <laughs> our decoder ring is the Bible, right? Come so on. so like you can actually hold it up and, and like measure. Mm. You can use it to Amen. kind of like crack the code, like who's with us and who's not. Right. And 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 this is and this is going to be tough for some people. Right. Because there are some people who are just like, well, what the Bible should have said was. Right. They're like, well, what should have been included up in there was this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and the word of God is like, well, here's what's here. Mm-hmm. Here's what's here. Mm-hmm. And and here is what I love. Right. Those things that we need to know, those things that pertain to life and godliness. Yeah. God has given us those things. Yeah. He's not left us to ourselves. Right. Amen. And so the Bible actually makes it clear um, the people that we can and cannot the people that we should mm-hmm. and should not associate with. That's right. And the Bible actually, and, and look, we are uncomfortable with this, but the Bible actually puts those people in categories, which is why this conversation was so much bigger than like the last 15 seconds of the show. Yeah. Right. Because the Bible actually says, okay, are they a believer? Are they not a believer? Right. Have they been called out on their sin? Are they unrepentant? Are they gallivanting about in their sin or are they stumbling in many ways? Right. And we need to, lead them to the truth, bear with them. Are they, are they open and and flamboyant about their sin? Like, will you often say, are they sinning with a high hand, Mm -hmm. you know, and still calling themselves a believer? The Bible is very clear. Some of the things we're going to talk about today, like, um, (laughs) makes people uncomfortable because it's just not done these days. Yeah. It's just not done. But the Bible gives us a clear call. And so let's, let's just kind of get into this because the question was about, the question was about unity. And and again, there are two categories and then there are subcategories within those categories that we have to look at. Um, but the Bible is our guide. The Bible gives us our starting point and ending point. It tells us everything that we're supposed to know in between right. um, so that we can make decisions that glorify God. All right. So first, the question is, what what will unity look like? Mm-hmm. We talk about um, unity. We have to understand, and I've done an entire lesson on this because, you know, it, it, it blows my mind how much the world can call for unity. The world can call for unity and it's a unity that they know nothing of, mm. right? The unity that the Bible calls us to is not the same unity that the world calls us to. Mm. The The world calls us to uh, unite around their commonly agreed upon goals and objectives, Mm-hmm. So in other words, the world says, here is what we think, and we want everyone to agree with us, right? Um, the word of God calls us to a different unity. And in fact, the word of God teaches us that this unity is not something that we ourselves create. 
In fact, the the word of God teaches us that there is a unity mm. that God has given us. This unity pre-exists. And so when you see calls in scripture for unity, you think of Ephesians and that's where we'll start. You think of Ephesians because um, the apostle Paul told the Ephesians to maintain the unity of the spirit. Now he didn't say make unity, create a (laughs) unity. Mm -hmm. He said, just maintain what, in other words, what is pre under, what is supposed to be understood. All right. The Bible presupposes that you will get that this unity that you have is not something you created. It is something that's given to you because you're now in the family. Mm. So you've you've come into an already laid out unity. Right. And the world doesn't know anything about this. So when they're calling for unity and all I've said repeatedly, you have to reject it because they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. And so when the scriptures calls or when the scriptures call for a unity, it is a unity of the spirit. It is a, it's a unity that already exists. So we don't have to work ourselves up to unify. <laughs> okay. Now we're there. We're, you, you know what I mean? Like I just unified. Okay. We're in. Like you don't have to do that because the Bible actually doesn't call you to do that. Right. So the question that we have to ask, and I was looking this up. And so of course I, you know, went back to, you know, look up when we talk about unity and all of these things and, mm-hmm. and look at, look at how it's used. And it's, man, it's so, it's brilliant. The word of God is brilliant. Not only should we marvel at the word of God um, for its staying power, right? That it is the breathed out word mm. of God, but it's just, I mean, it's, it's brilliant, right? The way it's laid out and the, and the order of things as you read and reread and read and reread again, you're like, Oh man, I see. Okay. That's the order. And that's why. Right. Like it's just it's to say it simply, it's just smart. The word of God is just smart and we are smart when we apply it. Right. And and I don't want to give us too much credit, but dare I even say we're brilliant <laughs> when we apply the word of God. And, and look, let me <laughs> let me say this, because I know that there are people I know that there are people who have a problem when they tune into this program and they hear us talking about the issues of the day. They have a problem because I use too much scripture. <laughs> um so so let me tell you what this 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 is um this is an example of how every christian should live my friend every christian Mm -hmm. this is an this is not just um for radio living any of my friends if you ask them poll any of my friends poll anybody in my family poll our kids all right and and they will tell you (laughs) that when you ask me a question i am going to say well you know the bible says Right. That's how I live. Mm -hmm. Why? Because in this is my hope. Right. Everything that I know, everything this this man, this um, determines how I live. So if there is a problem with the use of scripture and how we navigate the culture, um, we have not come to understand the scriptures. Yeah. Because this is the use of scripture and navigating culture is not only reserved for the pastor. (laughs) <laughs> or the teacher. This is for the believer every Amen. day. Amen. Right? That we all read and apply the word of God and we live it out. And it should be as natural to us as breathing, but it's not because we don't read it. It should be as natural to us as breathing that we apply the word of God in every situation. Why? Because when you do that, you're putting the word of God to the test. And what's the test? Does it really work? Does it does it really <laughs> contain everything that we need? Everything. 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 That's everything. That's everything. I mean, if you go back to the Greek and you separate them and take them out and you have every and then thing, it means everything. You put them together, 
carry the I and dot the T. I mean, it's <laughs> everything. All right. So we have to look at the word of God yes, for all right. of these things that we encounter on a regular basis. That's the only thing I know how to do. That's the thing that makes me smart. Right. That's the thing. That's where my confidence is. It's not in me. Right. My confidence is in the word of God. That's the thing that makes you smart. If you are used to listening to people who just want to, you know, show how eloquent they are and not use the scriptures and you marvel at them, man, I might, I, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to, to find your marvel and to find your excitement in the word of God and that being used mm-hmm. as our guide, right? Not just someone's own wisdom. That's, that's going to fade away. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So when we look at, we look at unity, right? So the apostle Paul, um, calls the Ephesians to unity. And interestingly enough, the use of the word unity, as as we're going to be discussing it today, is only used in these two places, Ephesians uh, 4, 3 and 4, 13. Now, there are other uses in the New Testament where some trans uh, some transliterations say unity um, might be better um uh, the, the word might be better used um, harmony or something like that. Right. But this word unity uh, henotes, right. This is one and it is exemplified by a oneness that exists because of one spirit, mm. a, a oneness that exists because of one spirit, namely the spirit of Christ. So this unity that the apostle Paul is calling the Ephesians to is a unity that is theirs because Jesus purchased them. If in fact they have been purchased. So look at Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, verse three is like where you kind of hang out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where the apostle Paul says, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. But it doesn't just start there. Mm -hmm. Obviously you go back to the beginning of the letter. We will start at chapter four, verse one. He says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility. All of this is important mm-hmm. and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. Then verse three, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And then when we get back on the other side of the break, we'll look at where the apostle Paul goes from there by the leading of the spirit of God, because he immediately goes to talk about this one spirit that you have in one body. We're called to one hope. So it's not this flimsy kumbaya unity where we can all just gather around stuff we don't believe. Come on. It's a unity that is given to us by Christ. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. He put that hunger in your heart. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you tuning in and downloading the podcast to spend an hour with us as we uh, discuss issues of the day through a biblical lens. Um, look, in every way that we do this show, our desire is to call the Christian um, back to living an authentic Christian life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Live your authentic self. Um, in, in other words, uh, stand on the word of God boldly. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and let that permeate all of your being like yes. and, and communicate that way. Talk that way and let that be as natural to you as quoting something from The Washington Post. Hello. 
<laughs> you're, you're, like yeah. we don't we don't we don't take a deep breath before we reference news articles. You know, I was reading in this news article and it said <laughs> that. Uh, but when it comes to the Bible, we're just kind of like, uh, um, mm. I hate to say, no, come mm. on, man. The word of God has more authority than say the Washington it. Post, the Washington come Times, on. the New York Post. And I mean, come on. And But these are the things that, because we're so natural, <laughs> right? And so the call is to come up to a higher level because that's the expectation with all that we've received. Like, man, live an authentic life. Like, yeah. that's the call. Everybody's like saying, I just want to live my authentic self. Well, you, Christian, you live your authentic self. Be real about what you believe. Don't like, you know, we always take a deep breath because because you know why? Let me tell you why. Because we have been told, ah, you're too spiritual. Come on. You know what I mean? Come on. Like, ah, you just that's just weird. Well, and so you you allow that to sink in. And so now you actually have adopted it and, and you actually now feel weird when in Christ, this is supposed to be as yeah. natural to you as breathing because it's your new nature. Well, it, re it reveals our flimsiness, you know, because we're speaking of the word of God. The yeah. word of God, I mean, you know, it can, it, it will stand. Like, come on, you know. So I think it's a lot to do, well, all to do with us, you know, and yeah. our lack of like faith, you know, in promoting and speaking the word of God because it's the word of God. It's the, the word, word of God. God. We don't it, have to make any disclaimers and you nope. know. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to say this. No, <laughs> yeah, this is what right. it says. It's the word of God. <laughs> you know. Oh man, I'm telling you, but that's when we make less of it. When mm. we make less of it, we give apologies and disclaimers for the use of it, yeah. you know, and and that shouldn't be for the Christian. Um, this this is a part of us. Not only do are we actively reading the Bible. Right. And not only are we actively um, sharing what's contained therein, but this also becomes a part of how we um continue the spread of the word right mm -hmm. like you continue it's it's a it really is a type of legacy that you are leaving i think of for our children one of the things i want them to say about us like you know we have one our oldest who is always sort of like peeking around the corner she's like what are you guys talking about are you guys <laughs> and she's like are you guys talking about deep spiritual things you know and and if we are she's like can i sit in mm -hmm. like she just wants to listen right yeah. like she's just she's like and we're like yeah come on and sit in and then sometimes they're like ah no nah, you know right this is not this conversation right you know but you want that you want your kids to know that your faith is real yeah that yeah. it's not just something that you have on sunday that it's yeah. a part of your life and so it has to be anyway it has to be regular right it has to be natural new <laughs> new natural all right you've been given a new nature in christ all right so so we're talking about how do we unify right so how do we how do we unite and the people that we thought we're Christians and and we're not sure and all these things are going on. And well, man, I thought such an excellent point that you made in the first segment that we cannot be like um, the, you know, Jameer Tisby's. Yeah. Is it Jameer? Jameer, yeah. Jamar, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm Jamar, sorry. His mom named him. And that's a good name. <laughs> um, I, I didn't mean that to be dismissive, but right. you, we can't be like, you know, um, making the Christian case for um black flight from white churches right. so to speak that's that's Based what it is and it all surrounded the Trump. election yeah that's what yeah. it did guys you know and so i you know i actually had i because we're speaking about the body of christ like these on. relationships go far yeah. beyond you know politics and things like that like and there's there were so many relationships lost because yeah. of people you know voting a certain way and and other people feel like oh man i don't know if i can trust man yeah. we, but we're speaking about the body of that's christ that's right you know, so like, we're not waiting to I, return that. We're no, not, we're not no. waiting. Oh, here's now my now's no my time. Means. You know, no, not not at all. <laughs> Far be it from mm. us to do something like that. What we want to do now is is what we should have always done, right? Is uh, turn to the Word of God. 
Amen. and say, how do we decide? How do we know the people that we can and cannot associate with? Mm. Do we, d- does the Bible give us a measurement for this? And the, and the truth is that it does. And so here we go. Um, all right. So I, I wrote down just a couple questions. Well, a couple questions with some sub questions. Okay. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> just a couple questions um, that we should consider and that we should explore when we talk about unity. Who can we unite with? What mm. issues do we unify around? Um, does the Bible lay this out for us? And I think, yes, I think when you read the scriptures, yes. Okay. Um, so first of all, going back to Ephesians, I want to look at the scripture again and just lay this as our foundation that the Bible already, um, expects unity among believers. Mm -hmm. So the unity that we have as believers, if you read the scriptures, it almost seems as if this unity is a self presenting unity. Mm -hmm. It's a unity that declares itself. Like the, the unity that we have as believers says, Hey, this is what it is. Mm. All right. And, and we're not making it up. In fact, we're just told to maintain it. All right. So again, Ephesians chapter four, um, verses one through mm, six or something. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I, therefore a prisoner, uh, for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another and love eager to maintain that is so important to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. In other words, Paul is saying that's a lot of all sounds, right? Paul, (laughs) Paul is saying, all y'all have to be unified because there's the one spirit that's in all of y'all. Yeah. Your unity is not about whether you like each other. Come on. Right? Like it's like it's like we tell our kids, you know, that's your family. <laughs> You're stuck. You're stuck, okay? Like that's I mean, they they're still going to be here tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're going to be here in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what are we saying? What are we saying? This is your family. So the understanding and we have a we have a um, we have an image of this in the bearing of one another's names. Right. Y'all all Addison's. Mm. So mm. so w- w- get over it. You got to work it out because nobody is unaddisoning. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So it's the same thing for Christians. So our unity is determined by the fact that we have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it doesn't stop there. All right. He has purchased us. But he has given his Holy Spirit as a deposit inside of us. So so unless you have plans on unspiriting, if Mm -hmm. you I mean, that is the unity. It's the unity of the spirit. So how do you how do you work this out? You know, in this climate that we're in, when you have, you know, we are Christians, but we have a Christian over here who's like, man, I'm for you know, the policies that are coming out, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel mm-hmm. like this is, is just. Yes. And- okay. So, so great, great question. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for um, moving me on, on track. Okay. So here we go. Right. <laughs> because unless, unless you have just become um, politically affiliated because it was popular mm-hmm. and you just chose a side, then you should have a biblical defense for your political affiliation. Uh-huh. All right. So so you're not going to uh-huh. be digging around looking for a defense because because the question, mm. it has to come back to the scriptures. Right. And so this is a brilliant question that you just asked. Well, the great. Right. And so the answer is, well, if your affiliation 
was ever at all rooted in biblical conviction, this is very easy for you to explore. Mm -hmm. All right. It's very easy because it's not just politics for politics sake. It is what do the politicians say about what God has already said? Hmm. And am I agreeing with God in agreement with them? Right. Okay. So here is the question. First thing that I think we need to ask ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, what is my um, brother or sister saying about Christ? We talk about unity. All right. That's the first question. What is my brother or sister saying about Christ? You have to listen very carefully because sometimes there are overt claims made about Christ but then other times there are subtle claims made about Christ. And, and sometimes they're not even claims. Sometimes they're just positions that undermine who Christ is and what Christ did. So you have to list, listen very carefully. A person who undermines the person and work of Jesus Christ while proclaiming themselves a Christian, I will not associate with. Mm-hmm. I will not associate mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you say something about Christ, that is untrue and you have that as your ongoing position. Mm. That's just, you know, you are, you are saying something other. All right. Um, making space for all faiths. Yeah. Okay. You have undermined the claim of Christ that he is the only way to God. And in fact, mm. we know that this was happening to Christians um, in the early church mm-hmm. because the apostle John dealt with it. First John chapter two, mm-hmm. Verses 22 through 25, right? Um, This is what what, um, the Apostle John wrote. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist who denies, uh, he who denies the Father and the Son. Verse 23, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. And then he reminds them that what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've learned, keep going back to that. Keep going. So there's no new gospel Mm -hmm. to echo the Apostle Paul. Right. So if somebody is coming out and they're like, well, you know, I I believe that um, abortion is service. Right. I believe that Jesus would approve of abortion. We've heard people say this. Mm -hmm. okay? people calling themselves ministers Mm. say ridiculous stuff like this. So that person um, is not in the faith. Mm -hmm. That that person is not in the faith. You can't make claims about Christ that are not founded that are not supported by scripture you just cannot unity with him there's no unity there's no unity and therefore we're out gotcha we're out and and depending on that person's platform if they are public about their assertions and um we catch wind of it then we are going to publicly denounce them so this is a person call them out that is saying something about christ that is false um, not based upon they're ignorant about it, but they understand that this is just Ooh, what they that's believe. Another great question, man. Okay, so we have to understand, and this is why I say, um, well, my next question was, does the person arrogantly mm. contradict scripture? Mm. Because there's a difference in a person who doesn't know and hasn't seen. And we have to leave space for discipleship to happen, Mm -hmm. right? Where a person learns more about their faith. That's happened for all of us. Which discipleship is lacking, you know, like, um, yeah, so Mm -hmm. go ahead. Okay. So if the person is arrogant um, versus just, you know, ignorant, all right, there is a difference, right? Um, The the arrogant um, contradiction of scripture is rooted in pride Mm. and um, 
obviously that person while claiming, and I'm talking about people who are claiming to be Christians, right? right. They have not read the word or they have twisted the word. The Bible mm-hmm. has something to say about these individuals, but there is a way that you, you test this. So for example, cause getting back to your question about politics, right? Mm-hmm. So ask yourself this person, um, that you're considering whether or not you need to associate with them or not. Right. Mm-hmm. What is their view of life? Mm. What is their view of life? Do they take a Psalm 139 view of life that the Lord has knit us together, that he knows the end of our days from the beginning. He's determined our days before they've even been written. Does, does that person take that approach or are they more along the blob of cells? Life has no meaning type thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, I'm not talking about the person who just hasn't been shown this. And and you'll have to determine that in your own dealings with people, right? Whether or not they've been shown this or not, right? But if the person has been shown this and they're like, ah, no, I just, I just don't, you know, and, and still while claiming to be a Christian, that's not the unity of the spirit. Mm. Remember, we're supposed to be saying the one thing as it pertains to the word of God, as it pertains to the one faith that has been passed down to us, right? So then another question what does the person say about marriage? Hmm. What is the, the person who is claiming to be a Christian? What do they say about marriage? Okay. So they're saying they voted a certain way. Are they also signing on for the way this particular party views marriage hmm. or this particular person yeah. views marriage? Do they take a Jesus approach to marriage? Mark chapter 10 verses six through nine, where Jesus is like, okay, you already know that from the beginning he made them male and female. That from this reason, a man's going to leave his mother and his father and be joined to his wife and they're going to become one flesh. Right. So are they saying what Jesus says about marriage? Now, here's another one. What about work? Mm. We don't often talk about work, but the Bible talks about work. Whenever I hear Christians um, talking politically about work, they always go back. Not always. Okay, they tend (laughs) they tend to go back to um fiscal responsibility and what we've got to do to shore up our economy and um, political platforms. And and I go, okay. And what are the spiritual implications of work? Mm. Because remember, we have not just anchored ourselves with a political affiliation because we like it. It must be that we have found a place here, right? We, we are voting. We are going to be um, we, we're going to be responsible with our civic duties, mm-hmm. but we are going to do that which first and foremost honors the Lord. Well, what did the Apostle Paul write to the Thessalonians? Man, he gave them an entire context and used himself and his co-laborers as an example <laughs> that man ought to work. Yeah. So if a person is like, yeah, well, I'm I'm all I'm all, all about the government just sending a couple grand every month. I mean, I don't think we <laughs> ought to have to work. Mm, my friend, and I say friend because I'm trying to determine the brother-sister status. (laughs) My friend, I don't know that that's biblical. In fact, my friend, that's not biblical. All right? That's not biblical. It's not, it is not a button-up, you know, curmudgeon Republican who came up with the idea of hard work. (laughs) Not only is it from the Lord displayed in the beginning, giving purpose to man before the fall, purpose to man god is glorified in our work but this is reiterated in the new testament context where the apostle paul is like man you got some of y'all around here it's you know it's come to my attention y'all ain't working you're busy around here and you want to eat people's food and the other (laughs) brothers and sisters are like yo paul get them (laughs) they just want to take our bread they don't want to work paul's like i already left you an example i worked Mm. i'm working among you 
So listen, it's not just Republican versus Democrat. It's scriptural or not. All right, we'll be right back. And I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. Lord, I'm nothing without you. Nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jason Nelson with Nothing Without You. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We appreciate her. Before we went to the break, uh, we were talking about, you know, the questions that we ask ourselves, and we, who can we unite with, right? Who, who is it that we have to um, mark, right? Those who cause divisions. Mm-hmm. Who is it that we have to say, hey, you know, um, we can't fellowship with you. You're claiming to be a Christian, but you are living this way. You mm-hmm. are living in overt, unrepentant sin, um, this is where we start to make our associations obvious, right? We're like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's some other references here I want to look at, but I want to continue real quick because I want to make sure that we leave time open for the phone lines. But before we went to the break, we were talking about work, right? And so the apostle Paul, and again, some people would just dismiss this as political talking points, but I'm not into temporal political talking points, right? I'm into the eternal points made (laughs) in the word of God uh, to which we all must adhere. If we are, in fact, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not ashamed to say that I'm not embarrassed by that. Right. We too, we're too comfortable with what is common to the world. We're, you know, it's anyways. All right. So what is (laughs) second Thessalonians, second Thessalonians, chapter three, look at the apostle Paul. He says, now we command you, man. And you're going to see, he uses this, this word command um, at least twice just in this one portion of his letter. This is not something that he's like, you know, well, maybe, maybe they ought to work. No, he's very sure, right? Very certain the spirit of God wants him to write this to us. Mm. Now we command you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness. <laughs> And not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. Mm. Now, okay, let me continue. All right. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. We could have had you guys take care of us. Yeah. We have a right for you to take care of us. We're laboring in the word. We're serving you. But you know what? We wanted to leave you an example. Verse 10. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. Here it is a second time. There's one more time coming up at least. We would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Mm. Now, such persons we command. We command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. This is not an American value. I have heard some people (laughs) say the reason you think that way is because of Americanism. 
<laughs> because Americans have this individualistic, like they just are going to just do it. But, you know, cultures all around the world, they're more family oriented and there's more like communal property. And th- well, then, I mean, if that culture is redeemed, right, if the persons who are a part of that culture, if they are redeemed, mm-hmm. then they are a- applying the same word that we have here. Yeah. So you have to earn your living. And I and I know there are some people because 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 having done this, right, <laughs> because having done this. The question is then, well, what about people who can't work? Well, the Bible actually provides a prescription for that. Mm. You don't like it. I'm going to share it, though. You don't like it. Right? Because even among conservatives, there's some thought. There's some thought that there may be some things that the government should do. You're not going to find that in Scripture. (laughs) The the things that are required of you, you're like, eh, you're not touching my funds. You're not... You know, hmm. All right. Let me continue. Verse 13. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, mm-hmm. take note of that person. Oh, Paul, you so Mark mean. Mark him out. <laughs> Be like, hey. <laughs> Paul. Watch him. Oh, mean self, Paul. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, and have nothing to do with him. Ooh. Now, look at, wow. watch, it's, but, but it's attached to a reason. Mm-hmm. It's just like expelling the immoral brother Mm -hmm. in Corinthians that Paul wrote. First Corinthians five. There's a reason. And it's not attached to this puffing of the chest where it's like, yeah, we just don't have those kind of people around here. We just kick them out. Come on, man. It's not. That's (laughs) not. Listen, let us love the Lord and let us love his word. And let us if we take a position in culture, let us be able to support that position and back that position with the word of God, which occurs first in our life. Because we got to understand we're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about the family of God. Like this is nothing to just be, you know, tossed about and like, yeah, this is what we do. And we like this is a sobering. That's right. Deal. That's right. I remember you often teaching about, hey, you know, we (laughs) we like to talk about expelling the immoral brother. But what about the restoring? Mm -hmm. What about the taking him back? You know, we don't because there's a purpose attached to this discipline. This is called church discipline. And there's a purpose attached to that. But look at look at Paul attaches the purpose right here in the letter Mm -hmm. by the spirit of God. He says, have nothing to do with him that that he may be ashamed. Now, look at this. (laughs) Do not regard him as an enemy, Mm -hmm. but warn him as a brother. I. I Lord. So so listen, man, um, shame is a good thing. We, our culture right now wants to lift shame from everybody, like so that no one has to come face to face with the with the fact that they're broken and that they need Jesus. Our, our culture, our society right now is trying to make that really easy for people to just live like these subpar lives and just be like, you know, we all messed up. Right. Like and, and, and so lifting lifting the shame right now in Christ and in Christ, we're forgiven. Amen. Where once we were riddled with shame and guilt. That has been lifted because of Jesus Christ. Now we appropriate his righteousness. There's quite a difference there. But if we're working iniquity, if we're living a life that is in rebellion to God, yeah, feel shame. Mm. You need to feel shame. Don't don't lift that from people. Now, listen to the person. Now, remember, um, in this letter to the Thessalonians, Paul writes them if if the person is not willing to work. Right. This has nothing to do with whether or not a person is able to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, this presupposes that the person is able but unwilling. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're just like, nah, we about to get free bread. <laughs> ah, we want the two G's. <laughs> Run me that every month. 
Man. And it's very, look, it's, it's very sensual. Yeah. It appeals to the senses. You mean to tell me all they got to do is increase my unemployment? <laughs> man. And you mean I'm I'm about to make more just sitting at home and I man I'm on the wrong side of this. <laughs> and you have to be very careful because the enemy wants you to lower your guard. Mm. He wants you to take the king's dainties. Come on. Listen, I'm telling you the enemy wants to wear down the people of God and it's happening in this country every day. He wants you to take the king's dainties and he wants that to be the new normal for you. Ah, you know, they tell me they Got another one coming out the pike. <laughs> Man, God is wise. He has created us to reflect that wisdom. Man, he's given us a will to work and ability to do it, and it glorifies him. But listen, what happens if somebody falls on hard times or if there's a need, if, if there's something? The Bible actually calls for families to help one another. Amen. Now, so often we think of the scripture where Paul wrote to Timothy how the church is to operate. And we put that in the context of like, you know, fathers providing for their families. And that is true. But look at what he actually wrote to them in first uh, Timothy chapter four, verse eight. He says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, Oh man. Oh, Oh, when Leroy don't manage his money. Well, well then now we need to have a conversation around that. Okay. Cause Leroy gonna have to get it together. But you've got relatives who fall on hard times who are in need and you know they're not just reckless and irresponsible. Paul didn't write to Timothy to have the church like, you know, send them out to the government and see what, what would happen. Like, no, Paul was like the relatives need to step up. He's very specific here and we don't want to read this mm. because we like that the government provides safety nets. Well, the Bible actually wanted you to be the first safety net. We don't like that. It makes us uncomfortable because now you're messing with my coins. <laughs> but look at what he, he wrote. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith. Paul, mm. <laughs> that hurts. Paul, that hurts. I don't, I don't. Uh. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, our liberal friends among us will say that it is the government's job to do what Paul just said believers are supposed to do for their relatives and members of their family. But we have fallen so far away from this that even what I just read is so far. And you're like, what? It can't say that. It can't say that. Some of us will say, I've been living my whole life. I've never heard that. At least not that, you know, it, you know, for the relatives and everything. We have a responsibility to live for the glory of God. Every generation of the church has a responsibility. We are light bearers. We carry this torch that is the gospel. We have to get it to each generation intact. Amen. And while we're getting it to them, we have to live uprightly, walk uprightly before the Lord. And we don't want to do that. So I'm not going to disassociate from someone because, um, you know, of who they voted for. But I will absolutely say and listen, and we have to tell them. You know, this is not just some like passive, like, I just going to stop calling them. <laughs> if it's sin, mm. we have to tell mm. them. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So that they can feel the weight of the disassociation. Like, so if I'm not associated, there's a reason for this. Right. And what is supposed to happen for the believer, the professing believer who's gotten it wrong, is that when we disassociate, what they're supposed to do is they're, the person who has been disassociated from is supposed to go, Oh, this is unbearable. <laughs> this is unbearable. 
I need these people. I, I need to be in fellowship and community with these people. Like, I know that this is true. And they're supposed to repent. And they're supposed to come back, but we don't, we don't have this kind of context because now today what happens so often, and we know that it's the truth, people just go find an assembly of people that just will say what they want. Mm-hmm. But what was originally supposed to happen, what still should be happening today, is that a person who truly loves Jesus submits to the correction. They submit to the rebuke. Look, I'm going to tell you, I, you know, man, when we are living genuine lives, we do hard things. We do hard things person does not believe what the Bible teaches about who Jesus is and his work. person does not believe what the Bible teaches about life and about marriage, about money, about work. If a person does not believe that and they're professing Christ, they're claiming to be a Christian, they have to be challenged for their own sake. They have to be challenged. This is not just about politics on its face. Mm-hmm. It's about what the politics represent, Yes. But it's not just about politics on his face. There's something more eternal that we as Christians must be concerned with. Listen, I, man, you know, I had an experience where, and, I, and, I, and you know, <laughs> I know that we've got all kinds of people who have beliefs about the operation of the gifts and what God has given to the body of Christ. But I'm going to tell you, I stick to the word of God. Amen. And the word of God shows that the, the gifts that God has given to the body has been given for the protection and the building up of the body of Christ. So there are gifts that we have that operate among us that God in his wisdom gave to us because he knew we would need them. Amen. Amen. So I had an experience where a sister, a sister in the Lord asked me to come and pray for her, come to her apartment and pray for her. All right. And so first I check with Will. Will, what do you think? He says, well, if you feel comfortable with that, I say, go pray. So I go pray. Sister is troubled. I'm going to go pray with her. And while I'm there, I begin, and, and, and look, you know, people get uncomfortable to discern. Yes. <laughs> yes, it. because that is a gift given to the body of Christ. That there is something wrong here. That's what I, I, I discern that. I can say I feel it if it makes you feel more comfortable. And I'm like, ah, you know, okay. I, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, praying. And before long, I cannot shake that there is something very wrong that is going on in this space that we're in while we're praying. And so I don't say anything, but I leave. And I go and I talk to Will the Great, and I'm like, Will, um, I really believe that there were unclean spirits there of a sexual nature. Mm -hmm. And this is a sister who is leading worship at a church. All right. A worship leader. And I've got to now, because I know this, I've got to go to this sister and say, Hey, I, um, I hate to say this, but you know, as I was praying, I really um, believe the Lord was showing me something of a sexual nature. And sure enough, I have to do, I have to build myself up to do that because that's not something we should take lightly. And as it turns out, this sister has engaged in homosexual activity. And under the guise of a roommate is engaged in homosexual activity with someone living in her apartment. (laughs) Do you think God cares about that? (laughs) 
Do you think that we are supposed to be witnesses to the world? Not just say, oh, that grosses me, but living holy lives? So I have to, I have to, I have to deal with that because I'm not, I can't associate with that. And you have to step down from leading worship. <laughs> Guys, the word of God is real. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.